Retirement is often seen as a destination, but we believe it's an opportunity to pursue your passions, realize your dreams, and live a purposeful life. Great decisions, incredible lives. Retire with Intention podcast is about more than just money. It's about embracing the things that truly matter, the experiences, the relationships, and the impact you leave behind. Here is your host, John Creekmer. Well, hey, everybody, John here, and thank you again for listening to Great Decisions, Incredible Lives, Retire with Intention podcast. And it's amazing just the number of people, the thousands upon thousands that we're hearing that are listening to the podcast each and every week, and it's the takeaways they're having. And uh, some of the feedback has been so cool uh, just to hear from you and stories and things that you've learned and uh, things that you're trying to apply into your life. And even going back to those five principles we've talked about is first to define your core values. And the number two is set goals based upon your values. Number three, be open and seek out wise counsel. Number four, manage your wealth wisely. And then number five is to prioritize your health and well-being. It's about bringing everything together with intention. And it's living that incredible life. And really it comes, I think, a lot from doing community together well, from learning from each other, and then also from being open to hearing from experts and from different fields. But then also hearing from friends of our firm that have gone are walking through life in their own way and they've learned a lot and what can we learn from them and today uh, i want to introduce everybody to a friend of our firm pam bates and we were just talking pam i think that we've known each other for 12 13 14 years i think and um, it's amazing how fast time goes that's for sure um, and i so, had a financial advisor before i really needed one but so glad you were with you were there when i needed you you know, it's interesting. I think oftentimes we meet people not really certain why we're meeting them, why we're talking and going through things. And all of a sudden life happens um, in the middle of that. Um, you know, life doesn't always go in a straight line, does it? Um, a lot of times we lay out plans and goals and and uh, some things happen that are not what we planned. And a lot of it's how do we navigate it? And, you know, Pam, I always talk about getting back to those core values. I think that when uh, I was looking back over my notes, actually, I had them. Uh, from our first meeting and uh, I was looking at those notes and I was looking down just the things that were important to you and a lot of it really had to do with your relationship with Carl or your husband your relationship with your family your community um, you know and just the people that are around you and I think it's just incredible how as you've gone through life now 12 13 14 years later those are still the core values that are driving the decisions every day that you have so um, those things don't change for sure before we hop into things too much, would you want to take a moment and introduce yourself to all the listeners, and uh, then we'll start kind of walking through your story. Well, I'm Pam Bates. I uh, well, I lived in Galva for most of my life. Uh, just moved about a month ago to be closer to my kids and grandkids. But uh, I was in the dental field for my entire career and enjoyed that. About a year and a half ago, I decided. I was ready to retire. And so I talked to John and, and his team and said, is this possible? <laughs> and it was. And so um, that kind of made that decision. And, you know, I've gone from there. I did uh, become a widow in 2015. My husband um, of 34 years passed away. He was diagnosed and then uh, passed away three months later. We had a lot of hard conversations, but I felt, I feel good about the decisions I've made since he's passed. And, you know, we'll kind of go through that story as, as we go. <laughs> you said kids, 
As far as your kids, are there are uh, how many children do you have? I have two. Two. I have and, a daughter and a son. Yeah. And grandkids? My daughter has seven children. Well, so, seven children. <laughs> that's why I decided I needed to be closer to be helpful. <laughs> they go from sixteen to two. So. Oh my goodness. Yeah. All the, all the ages. That's amazing. And so they're all right there close to you now that you've moved up there. Mm -hmm. So. Um, that's incredible. You know, I was kind of thinking back. I mean, you worked in the dental field for goodness, a long time, hadn't you? Yes. For, well, I started in high school as a work study uh, job and then went away for a little bit for college and came back and the office manager left. So I became the office manager and did that for quite a few years. And then we had a new dentist who came in and decided he wanted to expand. So he uh bought seven offices and so when we got to about four offices I said okay I need help <laughs> I was trying to to coordinate them all and so uh that we brought on someone to help me and then we did I was a general manager for those seven offices for oh probably 10 years before I retired so wow yeah it's amazing we spend time in, in different places and different firms different employers and uh, and time just flies by and um, but to think you worked in the field your entire adult life, that's a that's a true commitment to one field. And uh, I'm sure you saw a lot of things working there and all, yeah. all the same local community. Right. As far as out in Gal Galloway, Illinois. Yes. Worked in Galva the whole time. Forty three years I was there. <laughs> For our listeners, you said Galva and Galva is in, is in Illinois. And so we have a lot of listeners from all around the country and some actually outside the United States that are listening can you talk about Galva and the community itself? Is that a huge metropolitan area? Is it a rural community? How would you <laughs> it is a Galva? tiny little spot on the map. There's 2,300 people, I think, in Galva. Um, a lot of farmers, and that's my husband was a farmer. Um, that was the story, the most amazing harvest. It mm. kind of went viral when he uh, was diagnosed and wasn't going to be able to harvest his crops. And so all the farmers got together and uh, did 450 acres in 10 hours. They had 12 combines lined up and they had uh, the trucks. Everybody was donating their time. And, mm. and uh, the elevator, in fact, said it was Carl Bates Day and, and we're only taking loads from, from our fields. And so it was just a big, beautiful picture of humanity. And that's what, that's what these small farming communities are like everybody just steps up and and helps helps the next guy mm. yeah so with that story i mean the most amazing harvest i want to dig in that uh, quite a bit if we can actually as this is a, a center point really of kind of what i wanted to share with everybody uh, just about your your life and your journey and so um i know that the story when it came out it really went viral it gained a lot of traction uh, some of the pictures that i remember seeing um, or of all the combines lined up going through the fields together. I know that I think ABC News uh, did an expose on it or, or a, a news release on it and had a section on it. And um, and so when Carl was diagnosed, that was what, in the summertime? Yes, end of July. End of July. And in, in Illinois, in Galva, Illinois, once we get two or three months later, um, all the crops come down. And it, it is something where they work around the clock to do that, don't they? Yes. And so 450 acres, apparently, if we had one farmer working 450 acres, I mean, how long would it take for them to harvest that by themselves? I think that's probably a couple weeks. 
to get it all done. Wow, a couple of weeks of work, and he was diagnosed with with a very aggressive form of cancer. There's no way he was going to be able to do that. And so, with that, then how did word get out as far as on on just the need and and what happened, Carl? It was actually his cousin Dan Bates who they kind of worked together, um, did custom combining and that kind of thing together. And Dan is the one that kind of coordinated the whole thing and just. He would ask someone, it got to the point that they had to tell farmers, sorry, you know, (laughs) they already had too much help and people came forward with food for the farmers and and little coolers and drinks and things for them throughout the day. And uh, it was just a, like I said, just a beautiful picture of humanity, people, you know, coming through when they needed to. So he planned it all. Yeah, I mean, that's just, it's truly amazing testimony to the entire community um, of coming together uh, really to help out, you know, a fellow worker in the fields, but really more important than that, to help out another family that was in a huge point of need um, to take a couple of weeks of work and to really help them get that done in just a number of hours. It's truly amazing. Now, now that story, uh, Pam, it's one thing to hear it, but I'm sure there's a lot more depth and a lot more uh, to it. Um, now, you guys wrote a book on that, didn't you? Yes. So after Carl died, I, I feel it was God telling me to tell his story and I would hear it, you know, God's telling me to tell his story. And I thought, well, you can't possibly mean me. I don't know the first thing about writing a book or telling a story like that. And, and every time I would question, I would hear this song, like every time it was a Mm. song by big daddy weave that was that, that said, in the lyrics, if you tell my story, they will hear hope. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'd question and I'd hear that song and I'd think, okay, I think he really wants me to try this. So I, my sister had had some writing experience. And so I, I called her, my twin sister. And so I called her and said, do you think we can, you know, do this? And, and uh, so on the first anniversary of his death, I thought I wanted to do something, you know, to, special and so that's when we started taking little book writing trips and so it took us two and a half years to put it all together but uh, we wrote it and you know initially we thought it'll be just a little spiral thing that we'll give our family (laughs) and I told my daughter that and she goes well go big or go home and I thought oh for heaven's sakes now we gotta try a little harder (laughs) (laughs) so we finished we finished the project and thought we would self-publish it through Amazon and uh, that was our plan and so someone had a friend of mine had done that and so she gave me a company out of New York that uh, helps you format it for Amazon and so we called him and hadn't had a call with him and he had seen the story he saw the story, The Most Amazing Harvest, when it was on the news. And so he said, well, is there a reason you're going to self-publish? And we said, well, that's just what people have told us to do, you know. And, and he said, well, if you give me a couple weeks, I want to find you a publisher. And we thought, you know, the God things that happened throughout this whole journey were just crazy. And so we, you know, we said, okay, so he gives us a call back and says, I have a publisher that wants to talk to you. Had an appointment with Morgan James Publishing, David Hancock, who's the uh, founder there. He and his wife had both seen the story as well. And so he was, 
he said, I want to say yes, but I have a team. I have to, you know, they only take 238, I think, um, nonfiction titles per year. And so he went to his team. They unanimously chose our book as one of the projects they wanted to take on. And so then that was the journey of, of getting it all ready for publishing and and it happened and we have a book out there and <laughs> it's just a crazy story. <laughs> so as far as publishing the book down to the weeds a little bit, was that a pretty big process as far as writing it? Well, yes. And there's all these things that you don't even realize go into that, you know, And so, but they really broke it down. You know, there's front matter and back matter and, you know, your um, testimonials and your all the things that, that go into it. And, you know, but they had, okay, by this date, have this and this and this done, you know, and so it was really kind of a, it was a lot of learning new things, but we, you know, it was broken down to the point that we, you know, we got it done. (laughs) So (laughs) as far as the book itself, if people want to receive a copy of the book and buy a copy of the book, should they just go to your website, bravetwin.com? Yes, it's available there. You just look up, there's a page called book. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that'll be simple enough to find so folks go to braintwin.com and just look for book and, yeah. uh, <laughs> nice so when you kind of walk through that though that did not that wasn't just the end of the journey it almost seems like that was part of the uh part of maybe a side journey as far as writing the book but things have kind of grown from there i saw also you have the most amazing you so we have the most amazing harvest the most amazing you um kind of walk through what the most amazing you is the most amazing you is kind of a book study. So, you know, there's a lot of people that have book clubs and and that kind of thing. And so this is, this is, it's online. It's on, on the website that you uh, purchase the study and then you can just go back in at your schedule to, you know, do each session. And so each session has, uh, you know, a little bit about the book. And then we kind of talk about our stories and how, and their stories, you know, they can kind of journal about what their life is compared to what the, what the message is for that particular week or whatever, and then get back together and, and discuss what they, what each person put on their, on their little booklet. So yeah. I tell you, that's a phenomenal resource. I mean, so many people, I know I'm guilty of myself. You know, I might, uh, maybe I go to church and I hear an incredible message and I walk out and think, wow, that was a phenomenal message. I really, that was just so impactful. And then like two days later, it's like, what what was that thing? It's like, there's no accountability. There's no sharpening. There's no action steps that I've thought through. And I know when I read books, a lot of times I walk away saying, boy, I wish I had a way of actually getting to the next point, which is what do I do with this? And Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is a phenomenal resource for people to have to say, how do I actually take the things, the principles in life that I've learned through a story and then actually make real change in my life? And so yep. phenomenal resource. Thanks. The whole thing with Brave, I, I see Brave Twin is up here on my board. So Brave Twin. So you just mentioned that earlier that you are a twin sister. And so mm-hmm. where did the phrase Brave Twin come from? I don't know. The whole journey of I think becoming a widow makes you realize you have to be brave. And there's a, there's a saying that, that my sister and I heard one time, it was in a crazy, silly movie, but it said 10 seconds of bravery can change your life or someone else's. And if you really think about that, it's like, you know, just do the thing. It's 10 seconds of bravery can, you know, it will change your life. You'll say the thing or, or, 
do the thing, you know, that, that could change somebody's life. And that was the whole behind the book and all the things that we do. If we have, have made an impact on one person, you know, we feel like we've succeeded. So that's kind of where we, where that brave came from. Yeah. You know, I love that, Pam. I mean, that really, besides speaking to who you are as a person, um, that's a huge challenge point for all of us um, to recognize that there's these little short blips of time that uh, we have decisions to be brave or not be brave. And, um, but that one decision can really have an impact, not just on yourself and all the others around you. And so that's a phenomenal, phenomenal statement of impact. Um, you know, I, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about braving widowhood. Um, and so we have brave here. You talked about being a widow and it's all in this, I'm going to, I'm going to call it a journey. It's a journey of life at the stage of life that you're in. And, um, which is different than what I'm sure you had always thought about. And, you know, when you thought about where you're at at this age and stage of life, I'm sure it looks a lot different than what you envisioned when you and Carl first got married, uh, or even when you're raising children. And so I, all of a sudden I looked at that phrase, braving widowhood, walk through everybody what braving widowhood is and where did the idea come from? The idea came from me being the only one I knew that was a widow. And so I felt alone. I felt like, I don't know who to talk to. And so I searched for an organization and a group of women who were also widows. And I found one, but it was in Chicago. And so <laughs> I bravely made that trip for two and a half hours to go to this meeting and, and came home that night, you know, and, and I thought, this is crazy that I'm, you know, making this trip. Maybe I just need to do something back here. And the relationships and the connection that you have with widows, just because you're on that shared journey, Mm -hmm. everybody just gets it you don't even have to you know talk about your journey it's just being with them it's it's like you connect because they know you know and they know what what this journey is like and mm -hmm. so that's uh that's how it started I thought um I had gone on well I I went on a trip with these women from up by Chicago one of them had a um condo and they said hey and I'd met these ladies like once or twice. And they said, hey, we're going to go to uh, Sheboygan, Wisconsin. And I want you, anybody that wants to go. And I go, I'll go. You know, and I thought, I don't even know these ladies. <laughs> and I went and spent the weekend with them. And it was so much fun. And so honestly, Braving Widowhood was meant to be um, for retreats. And so we're in a couple of weeks going on our sixth retreat. We've been to... Um, Door County, Wisconsin. We've been to uh, Saugatuck, Michigan area. We've been to um, Galena, Illinois. So, you know, just some fun places that we go together. We do some fun things. We usually have some meditations and faith-based um, things go on while we're there. And then, you know, just connect with them. And that's the tagline of Braving Widowhood is finding strength through faith and connection. And mm -hmm. so that's kind of what our our goal was, uh, we just recently are starting, well, we're launching in November, um, a box. It's called a, a, the BW Box, and it's a subscription box that they will get four times over the year. And this stemmed from a lady who I had just met. 
when I became a widow, it was actually one of the hygienists in one of the offices that we were, um, that we had. And she asked for my address. And so I gave her my address and she sent me four booklets over the year that were grief kind of booklets that just kind of made you feel like you weren't crazy. Cause sometimes you feel like you're crazy <laughs> in this journey. <laughs> and so that was just a really special thing for me. And so that's the boxes are, are based on that. We have those booklets in each of the four boxes and then just some other things that um, we kind of call it a hug in a box. And mm-hmm. so that's something that we're just launching now is this uh, BW box. So that's on the website too. With all the women that you've um, spent time with, um, they're also widows. As you had mentioned early on um, in describing raving widowhood, that you felt alone. Um, is that something you hear a lot from from people as they're walking through this part of their journey? Yes, still alone? Mm-hmm. the loneliness. Yeah, and you know, and and sometimes it's really sad. Um, there's a lot of widows who have had couple friends, you know, for their whole life with their husband and they kind of fall away. And so then, you know, they're not doing it, things with those friends that they spent so much time with because they're just, you know, if, whether it's them or whether it's the couples that just feel awkward or whatever, you know, they kind of lost some of those friends. And so, you know, there's just a whole lot of things that, that, you know, go on like that, that you just, people don't realize that those things do happen. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as your, your group, Braving Widowhood, um, is that kind of an open group for anyone to kind of get information on and, and, and join, or is that a closed group or kind of, kind of, can you describe that? It's kind of an open group as far as we started out because co- when we were going to do the retreats and that was right about the time that we had the pandemic. And so we had zoom calls. And so that was kind of our beginning. We were doing zoom calls Um, We don't do those as much, but we try to plan at least something once a month that Mm -hmm. we'll, you know, meet somewhere or go somewhere. We've done movie nights. We've done, which are, you know, people in the area, but we have a newsletter that kind of, that goes out. So everybody's, you know, included in that, like, and let us, let them know what, what's happening and what we're doing. And then everybody's welcome to, to join us. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you mentioned you've had six retreats. Is that right? Is, are you having six yeah. one this fall? Yeah. So on those different locations, whenever you go, um, is it a spot where it's kind of centrally located to everybody, or is it a point of interest that you choose to go to, or uh, what? What's the setting like? Yeah. Well, so we normally get a house that has mm-hmm. plenty of bedrooms, and mm-hmm. then this next time we're doing um, a, a hotel. We have some in the hotel as well as a house. Um, my sister and I usually do some of the meals. So, you know, it's just kind of a, we get together. Even if you're not staying in the same house, everybody comes to the house for dinner and, and fellowship and, and sometimes games and, and fun things that we do while we're there. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Nice. Now the uh, subscription box are starting up. Is that, um, can they find information on the website also at bravetwin.com? Yes. Yeah. If they look under Braving Widowhood, um, the box information is there as well. Okay, excellent. I'm going to kind of shift gears a second, if we can. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you and I met, you know, goodness, before this part of your of your story kind of began. And 
we got to go do financial planning and um, to walk through even retirement planning. And um, can you talk for a second about how um, how it was, how was it navigating finances, um, you know, after he had passed away? Was that something, was it a challenge to do on your own? Was it something where it was, it was kind of a hot mess? Was it something where you were trying to figure it out? Um, can you kind of walk through that general experience without getting too specific? And that's that's another part of that journey is all the decisions that have to be made. Mm -hmm. And now you don't have your person to bounce those off of, you know, mm -hmm. so it's like it's your decision and you have to make it. And, you know, your kids are helpful and that's that's good. But it's um, yeah, like, you know, we had a farm and we had a Bates Electric electric business. And so what are we going to do with that? And, you know, my son-in-law was doing that, but then like I mentioned, the seven kids, he really kind of needed something, you know, more stable with insurance and things like that. So he did Bates Electric for a little while and then he got a job with the power company. And so that, you know, that went away. Mm -hmm. um, the farm, you know, tried that, tried to keep, and, and Carl had said to me before he passed, he said, you know, if it doesn't make sense, don't keep farming thinking you have to do that in my, you know, for me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that helped that he had said that because then when it didn't make sense, it, you know, it felt like that was a good decision right. that we could make. Yeah. And you're right in, in all of our relationships and you have a, a person in your life, whether it be a spouse or a close friend that you're with uh, for a long time and uh, everyone manages their finances differently, but typically there is a lot of communication and whether this communication is formal or not about well, how are we going to walk through this decision? What are we going to do? And then all of a sudden that that sounding board or that confidant is not there. And um, and so I know financially that's a, that, that raises a lot of questions, a lot of uncertainty. And so I know even having those friends that have walked through or are walking through widowhood um, that have experienced that before, I'm sure it's really important to connect with people. Um, pretty quickly to help help you navigate those decisions and and make wise decisions. The, well, um, like I said, I I had you as a financial advisor before I really needed one, but it was I I can't even tell you how what a grateful how grateful I am for that because every time one of those decisions came up, I would go to you and say, "Does this make sense? You know, how should I do this?" and and you were always very helpful in, in helping me get those things done. <laughs> it was great to hear that. I know that we always, uh, we always want to be that person. And uh, so it's great to hear it on the other side um, as far as on, on how that helped you work through things. When I'm, when I'm kind of thinking, also I look at my clock, it's like, man, we're at 27 minutes already. Um, it's amazing <laughs> how fast time goes. We, you know, everyone, we were, we were joking, say Pam and I, we talk for an hour and a half, two hours at a time. When we talk, <laughs> <laughs> we can just go on and on, but you know, if, if you, let's kind of walk through maybe a summary question. Um, and so let's say someone is walking through this life stage change. Um, and so becoming a widow or a widower and they're walking through it. Can you think through maybe what is not going to say the most important, but what are some important steps or important things that they should be thinking through or walking through right now? Well, have faith, you know, uh, God's with you. I, you know, I, I can't stress that enough. Knowing that has been helpful and, and just trying to um, stay strong in my faith, know that it's, it's going to get better. People told me that and, you know, and you hear that, but it really, it, time does, it does get better. 
And I think having relationships with other widows helps, you know, regardless of, of what the future looks like, you can connect with those, with those ladies, you know, so. Yeah. Those are three huge, huge takeaways. And uh, I wrote those down as ones I'm going to, I'm actually going to memorialize those to write down, even when we talk to other people, as far as three areas to really focus on. And, um, and, you know, Pam, I want to tell you, I really appreciate the time today um, and how much, you know, we can learn from each other and grow from each other. And, you know, even your, your quote about uh, how 10 seconds of bravery can change your life or others. I mean, that's such an impactful statement that all of us, regardless of where we're at in stage of life, we can take and learn from that and grow from that. And so um, everybody, I encourage you to check out the show notes um, as far as with all the information we have, as far as on Most Amazing Harvest, Most Amazing You, uh, Braving Widowhood, everything we found at bravetwin.com. And I encourage you to check that out. And uh, also encourage, we'll have a clip in there as far as from Greatest Harvest, the most amazing harvest as far as the uh, um, the story that was on the news. So we'll have that in there also. And so I encourage you to check that out and all of that. And so a lot of information, a lot of resources there. Pam, thank you also just for spending time with us today and just blessing us with that story. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you thank very you much, everybody. Me. Yeah, thank you very much for listening to Great Decisions, Incredible Lives, Retire with Intention. And remember, when we walk through life, it never moves in a straight line. There's a lot of variability and a lot of things we plan for, the outcomes change a little bit based upon circumstances of life. And that's why you want to make sure you have a solid plan that's built upon your values and uh, that you're working with a wise counselor, uh, people that you can count on, those that have walked through life um, in those circumstances before, uh, you can learn from. So uh, thank you so much for spending time. I'll catch you next week uh, on the next edition of Great Decisions and Credible Lives. Talk to you all later. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening to the Great Decisions, Incredible Lives, Retire with Intention podcast with host John Creekmer. Follow us on social media, visit our website, and join our community of like-minded individuals redefining retirement and living incredible lives. Please leave us a review and share our podcast with others who may benefit. We wish you a future filled with purpose, fulfillment, and the joy of living your incredible life in retirement.